You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Easter season. That means Easter hymns. Alleluia. (laughs) Alleluia. Uh, So excited. We get to talk Easter hymns with sacred music educator Deaconess Sandra Rain. Um, And so excited about uh, just digging into Easter hymns. Uh, Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Deaconess Sandrine is our guest today. She is Sacred Music Educator for Asia. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Andy. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. So share with us uh, an update on your work as Sacred Music Educator. Yes. Um, I actually have something to share now, which is delightful because uh, it's been over a year since I've been in Taiwan or in anywhere in Asia um, uh, because of the pandemic. And it's been a tedious year in that way, sort of waiting and waiting. And there are certainly things I can do from home, but it's not the same as getting to work in person with people. So uh, the Taiwan is opening up somewhat for people to come in, not as a visitor, but as uh, a resident. And so I have now started the process of applying for a residence permit. Um, and if all goes well, I am hoping to be back in Taiwan for May and June. That so, is fantastic news. Yes, yes. I'm so excited for that. Um, I will just be in Taiwan on this trip because there's not a lot of travel possible yet. But if I can get in there, it's all good because there's plenty of work we can do. The The Lutheran Church in Taiwan is eager to have some more teaching just about music in the church and about hymnody. Um, there's a couple of other Lutheran denominations, ones that we are not in fellowship with, who are sort of looking at that Chinese Evangelical Lutheran Church and saying, we're kind of interested in this music that you have. Could you suppose you could teach us a little bit more about that? So I'm in the process of putting together some workshops that I can give around the island, um, teaching general catechesis on what is Lutheran hymnody, what is a liturgical church, and um, how do we share the joy of Jesus? That is so good. Such great news. Uh, yes. So many so many good things on the horizon for you, which is that, very exciting. Yeah, Thanks be yeah. to God. That's right. So we are here to talk about Easter hymns. There are so many good ones, so we are not going to talk about all of them. That would take us several days. But <laughs> we've, you've picked out a couple to talk about, and we're going to start with a good one. Uh, Lutheran Service Book 458, Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Bands, because we can't talk about Easter hymns without talking about this one. What is? That is yes, that was my first point is we cannot <laughs> not include this hymn. Right, right. So what is what is the, the history, the background of this hymn? Okay, so this is a Martin Luther hymn. It's Hymn of the Day for Easter Day, and um, it is one of those strong catechesis hymns that Martin Luther wrote, um, tells the entire story of salvation. In in fact, as I was looking at it, thinking about talking about it today, 
it occurred to me that it is, I, I saw a lot of similarities between it and Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice, mm-hmm. um, another Martin Luther hymn. Mm-hmm. And as, as we look through the stanzas, we'll kind of compare because e- for each one of them, uh, it's just, it's a really full text. It confesses the entire story of salvation. If a pastor had nothing but that one hymn, he would be able to catechize people, tell them about how uh, we are sinful and dead, and Jesus sees this situation. God sees the situation. He sends his son Jesus, who dies on the cross, and um, gives that salvation to us and the sacraments. It's, it's just the whole story. Let's look at the text uh, yes. as much as you'd like to today. I know, okay, sure. I know we have several hymns to look at, but <laughs> what would you like to point out in the text? Okay. So let's. I'll do it a little bit by comparing those two hymns. Okay. In the first stanza, it's we've got to say right from the start, this is, this is a joyful hymn. We have, we have so much to thank God for. So in the first stanza, it says, Therefore, let us joyful be and sing to God right thankfully. And um, comparing it to Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. And with united heart and voice and holy rapture singing, proclaim the wonders God has done. So that st- states it right from the start. Um, we have everything to be joyful about, and it's all because of Jesus and our life in him. Then it goes on in the next stanza, let's lay out our situation. And stanza two is is filled with the laws, with the law. It's the harshest condemnation of sin and its consequence. It's uh, Romans 5.12, where it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all men sinned. And in Christ Jesus lay in death's strong bands, it has these words about sin brings us ruin, and there's bondage and captivity, very strong, concrete words. Um, Comparing that to dear Christians, one and all, it says, death brooded darkly over me, and daily deeper still I fell, my life became a living hell, so firmly sin possessed me. It's the kind of language that um, we Lutherans aren't afraid to say out loud. We don't sugarcoat our situation. We don't say, okay, I know you haven't done so well, but it's really okay. It's not okay. We deserve nothing but death and condemnation. And And so we say that straight up. But, of course, we don't end there. And then, and then, so then in stanza three, Christ Jesus, God's own son came down. He destroys sin. He took the crown from death's pale brow forever. He stripped it of power. And comparing that to dear Christians, one and all rejoice. From sin and sorrow, set them free. Slay bitter death from them that they may live with you forever. Also, strong words and showing that huge contrast. We have so many, uh, you know, East and West life and death contrasts in, in, in our doctrine. And as lost 
and despairing as we were before Christ came, just as much we can be joyful because we now have life forever. Um, look going on to the next stanza, verse 4, the strange and dreadful strife that came between life and death, and the victory, of course, remains with life. I think my favorite phrase in this verse is that death is swallowed up by death. Yes. Man, what an image, right? Straight from Isaiah 25, 8, he will swallow up death forever. Uh, no matter what happens, no matter what your situation, the sting is gone. It is lost forever. There is nothing the devil can do. His power has been slain. So then we go on in the next verse, it speaks about the Paschal Lamb. So now it's thinking back to the Passover. And uh, the tree first was the blood marking the door back in the Old Testament in the Passover, the blood from the lamb that marks the door. And now the same tree is what, where Christ dies and it saves us. Uh, and, of course, thinking about the blood, also we, we think about God, Jesus shedding his blood and how we are going to receive that salvation by eating his body and blood. Mm -hmm. So we go on with the next stanza. We can keep this festival. Uh, eternal sunshine, the sun that warms and lights us, and just so happened that we did have, a lot of us had beautiful sunshine yesterday <laughs> on Easter Day, right? <laughs> it, was a, it was a great way to, uh, we, we need good things in 2021, and I loved that. <laughs> Warm sunshine on Easter Day. So we go on, then let us feast this Easter Day in the final stanza. And now we, we speak very specifically and directly about how we receive this gift that Christ has won, won for us. How do we feast? By eating his body and blood. Mm -hmm. That old leaven from the Passover is now gone. There is a New Testament. There's no more sacrifice necessary. Our faith is fed by him. It lives only in him. And this is, this is our life in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So what do you say, but hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's so much packed into this. And I love that last stanza, especially when it lines up, if we sing this during communion, when it lines up when you're going down the aisle for communion, it's it's like this this rallying cry of of going to communion on Easter morning. It's just it's fantastic. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so this the the tune of this hymn isn't isn't quite the same as um, our other maybe like more joyful sounding Easter hymns. Can you talk about this tune? Yes. Uh, just a little bit? Yes, sure. That's a really good point because it's um, in a minor key. And in our um, kind of modern sensibility, we sometimes equate minor with sad. But mm -hmm. this is anything but sad. It is strong and it's confident and it, it really is only more of a modern idea that minor equals sad. This actually just is not frivolous. It's, <laughs> it, it needs to be strong because we've got such, strong, such a strong text um, and, it, and it fits it very well. It has kind of a modal feel, but I would actually say 
it's D minor. I mean, there's no, there aren't any uh, flats in the key signature. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, a couple of phrases end in D minor. The final phrase ends on D minor. So I'm good with D minor. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree with that one, Sarah? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of between the modal and the minor. I think yeah, when, yeah. when I talked about this, uh, uh, I don't know, last year, I think we'd settled on it being modal. But I get your point about it being in D minor too. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Quite all right. <laughs> Either one works, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, we have more Easter hymns to discuss this morning on the coffee hour, and we're going to do that in just a little bit. So, Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands. Just finished that. Next up, uh, can you give us a, a head a, a direction of uh, where we're going next? Yes. Next, we're going to go to something a little different and something not quite as old. We're going to go to LSB four seventy six. Who are you who walk in sorrow? Very good. Very good. So if you have your copy of Lutheran Service Book with you at home while you're listening today, go ahead and pull it out uh, and and look to 476. We're going to take a look at that in just a moment right here on the Coffee Hour. We're talking with Deacon Ascender Rain, sacred music educator for Asia about Easter hymns. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with Deaconess Sandra Ryan, Sacred Music Educator for Asia, about Easter hymns today. And it is a great day if you have your Lutheran service book, pull it out. 476 is what we're going to take a look at next. And uh, let's dig into this. Who are you who walk in sorrow? 476. You can literally hear me turning the pages because I'm actually using a paper copy today. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you who walk in sorrow? Uh, Would you like to share a little bit of history of this hymn with us? Yes. Let me talk about a little bit about the tune first. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the name of the tune is Jefferson. Uh, and it is one of those, um, well, it's, a, it's an old American tune um, from Sacred Harp, which is this, it's a, it's a tradition, and it's also a book. It's a tradition of sacred choral music that originated in New England, and then later it was carried on in the American South. Um, the Sacred Harp is this tune book that was written around 1800 and um, the tunes were printed in what they what is called shape notes where the note heads actually had different shapes and uh, for for different scale tones and that was how people learned to read music um, so it, it's it was u- ubiquitous around um, in the 1800s um, there came a point where it was, associated with revival music mm-hmm. but th- we have some of these tunes that um this one is rather haunting they're they're tunes that um are fairly simple harmonically so you can often sing them in rounds 
or in cannons or maybe have a, a pedal point that goes with them or an ostinato pattern that goes with them. And they're, they're, they're interesting to sing. It's a, it feels very different than the German chorale tune. <laughs> so Jefferson and also kind of minor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going on to the text of it now. One reason I picked this is because it is the story of the road to Emmaus, and I belong to Emmaus Lutheran Church. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, I've got a lot of loyalty to this hymn. It's, my, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> we go on the road, we journey on the road, and back to church on Sunday morning. So every week we have a little bit of a walk to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, this text... Uh, is very easy to grab onto, to hold onto, because it's a story. We all like to hear stories. Uh, It's easy for children to hear. It's very concrete because it tells this story. Uh, One of the the key features, I think, in in the text is that every stanza starts with the word, who, who are you, who is this, who are we? And until then, the final stanza where we break into Alleluia. In the first stanza, uh, when it kind of sets the picture, you see the, the disciples are walking along the road to Emmaus, and the road is barren, and their hearts are distraught, and hope is defeated, and they're bent beneath grief's crushing load. All of these words that although it is speaking specifically about these disciples on the road, we all can relate to that because we have all had those despair, those feelings of despair and those times when uh, we have, when we're feeling defeated and crushed. And so it pulls us in right away. And then don't, um, don't not, um, fail to notice that the last phrase of that stanza, eaten death's bare, bitter bread. Hmm. Very stark. And okay, now we've got the bread reference, and we can already imagine where that's going to lead us. So in the second stanza, someone joins them. Who is walking beside them? This unknown stranger. And who is this unknown stranger but Jesus who knows those griefs and sorrows and despairs better than we can ever say them, better than we even know them ourselves, because he has taken them all on himself, and he has poured out his soul into death to cover all of those, to cover all of that grief and sorrow and sin and shame. So going on to stanza three, who are you? And how does he reveal himself? He opens our hearts through the preaching of his word, through holy scriptures, and in the breaking of the bread. So there's the bread back again. And now it is clear that it is Jesus' body. And that is what gives us this joy and this forgiveness of sins and this salvation And here, then we have the Easter story. Christ the victim, now the victor, living, risen from the dead. And thinking back to 
Verse 1, when we are distraught and full of grief and our hope is defeated, now he has great compassion on our journey. And we are surprised by his grace. And each day is a new Emmaus. So it is, it is a life-changing uh, story because this Jesus, whom the one that they thought was their God, who had then died, he really is their God. And so finally their eyes are opened and they realize he has risen from the dead and this is our Savior. So stanza four, who are we? We travel with him through life to death. How, it, how does that happen? At the font, you claim and name us. So there's our baptism. When we are born of water and the word, it's how we are born into Christ. We are given new life through him. And then, of course, at the table, he still feeds us. And we all, all of us who were at church yesterday on Easter morning got to be fed with his body and blood. Those precious gifts which he won for us on the cross. The final stanza, which is just a, a song of praise and thanksgiving for this new life, has an, a mission emphasis in the last half that, that I love, since I'm called to be a missionary. Mm -hmm. It says, you have formed us all one people, called from every land and race. Make the church your servant body, sent to share your healing grace. So... It's beautiful. All of us are one in Christ, um, neither Jew nor Greek. We're, we are all one body. And it's also not, okay, now I'm going to do my part. Mm -hmm. But it is, Christ has done everything. He has given it all to us. And all there is left to do for us is to share in his love and be thankful. Yes. This is a, that's a great hymn for the, the Road to Emmaus story. And I love those American uh, Southern Harmony tunes. They're, they're so fun to sing. Anything, yeah. else, anything else you want to mention about this one or shall we move on? I uh, think, and, yes, we better move on. I know. <laughs> we need to get the last one in. So right. <laughs> moving on to Lutheran Service Book 466. This is one of my new favorite Easter hymns, Christ Has yeah. Arisen, Alleluia. What is the background of this hymn? Oh, great background. And one reason I had to include this is because it's Tanzanian, and, mm -hmm. and I love Kenya and Tanzania. So th this one comes from Western Tanzania, from the Haya people of Western Tanzania. Um, there was a missionary for many years named Howard Olson, and he's the one who, who translated this uh, and uh, this and many other Swahili hymns. Wonderful missionary. I never got to meet Mr. Olson. He died in 2010. I did get to talk to his wife once when she was living in, in Florida. Uh, just very dear people. And um, this was written, this has been translated into several languages, German, Spanish, and other languages. Wow. So very straightforward. Oh, let me say one thing about the tune and the setting. Super simple as far as harmony goes. It could basically be a one chord and a five chord. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's very different for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely is a major key. 
and, and it's not one you have to grow into as far as difficult tune. Um, it's not, but maybe we Americans need to grow into it as far as a little bit different sound of culture and maybe we need to f- find the rhythms and uh, find some African drums and mm-hmm. rejoice in it that way. Yes. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, with just about a minute and a half. Okay, about a minute and a half. <laughs> well, it's really a very straightforward story of Jesus' resurrection. It talks about how the angel comes. He says, do not fear. Um Great interpretation of Jesus' resurrection. For three long days, the grave did its worst until its strength by God was dispersed. Since I only have a minute left, I want to tell you one fascinating little detail. When when the editors of LSB put that hymnal together, they didn't realize that there's actually a sixth stanza. They didn't know it. So it is not included, but I can tell you what it is. <laughs> the sixth stanza goes, Jesus is living, let all men sing. He reigns triumphant, eternal king. And he has promised who's be, who, whom who believe into his kingdom he will receive. Cool. So it's a good ending to it. It is. There, there's no. ascension. <laughs> yes. Now it's in my head. Oh. Yay. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. It has been stuck in my head since Easter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much for sharing these wonderful Easter hymns with us today, teaching us um, so much, uh, just the, the richness and the beauty in these hymns and the great history as well. You're welcome. De- Deaconess Sandra Ryan, Sacred Music Educator for Asia. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.